Welcome everyone. This is Jeff Cohn with the Wall Street Resource. And joining me is Dr. John Fan. He's the CEO of Corp- Copen Corporation. Welcome, John. Welcome, Dad. Thank you, Jeff. So, so John, for our listeners that aren't familiar with Copen, can you just give us a quick overview of the company? Yeah, uh, Copen is actually a company that spun off from MIT about over 30 years ago. And I'm the co-founder of uh, Copen, and I was running an MIT uh, semiconductor group, and then we spun out with venture capitalists. Uh, to develop a new class of electronic devices. And uh, initially, we first were focused on space and also defense. Then we stopped focusing on consumer and electronic uh, products. So we actually have two very good products, which I think everybody probably know. And I don't want to go through history too long, but the one product is actually transistor for cell phones. All the smartphones today, still using transistors that we invented uh, quite a few years ago. In fact, I think we calculate out that maybe over 10 billion phones have used it, and of course, actually drove our stock way up in the uh, early 2000s. The other product we do was actually micro displays, which were actually in one time almost in every uh, digital cell phone, uh, digital cameras. So all the Japanese and uh, uh, camera companies almost all use our electronic display. So currently, our products are electronic displays, micro displays that were developed on silicon chip, on top of silicon chip. We are the world's biggest and the largest electronic displays on chips. The second part we do is also optics. Because those micro displays are very small. Basically, you can think about it, you can squeeze about two, uh, 2K or 4K TV into a poster stand. And we have special electronic magnified image, maybe 30, 40,000 times, and voila, you got your 4K TV in front of you again. So these are what we do. We do displays, we develop, we manufacture them. We also develop and manufacture optics, putting a package, sell it as an eyepiece, to the customers. Our customers are either military customers, defense customers, or enterprise customers, or now hopefully to consumer plus consumers. Consumers are still beginning to use such advanced technology that we develop uh, for, for, for this type of, a, I call it digital eyeball. Okay. So what's the mix of that uh, in, in terms of the uh, markets you serve, um, in terms of what percent would be defense and military and what uh, enterprise? Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful question. As you, this type of technology, as you well know, when the technology is so advanced, it usually starts in the defense first, just like Internet came from DARPA uh, or IC came from NASA. So right now, our, our misses right now mostly still in the defense, I would say, Defense may be 70%, and then the, the rest mostly is still right now in the enterprise world. And I start beginning in the, into the consumer world now. So our big customer still is B2B. We're selling the B2B or B2 uh, defense, B2D. Okay. 
And then how big are these markets? Are, are you already, you know, the, the biggest part of the the defense that you can be, or is there a lot of uh, growth to be had there? Actually, a good question. We'll be, we'll be studying this for quite a while now. As you well know, we are reading really the wearable business. We make those displays, the obstacles for wearable. So defense is going to wearable in big time right now because as we know, they want soldiers to be mobile. They want to have all the information at their fingertips. And they want to make sure that all their, uh, all their gun sites, everything are smart, right? So you want everything to the portable. So we're seeing this very big growth right now in the, in the defense area. And we already say that every year we have nine quarters of a continuous growth in the industry. And this addressable market actually is very large. Uh, I will not break down all the programs. As you will know, we already have four programs that are going to product, into production and more programs are going to go in. So we think if all those programs go in, we're really just for coping alone, our addressable market in the next five years or so is anywhere between 500 to $700 million. That's based so, on the programs oh, that you're already in? The, with the programs we are working on, if those programs go to production, yes. Uh -huh. In about five, six years, we are talking about a market that we already can address is 500 to $750 million. Okay. And then how about on the, uh, the enterprise side? How big a market is that? Well, enterprise side is, uh, is, is a really uh, interesting world. As you well know, if you look at as many of the studies, they're talking about billions and billions of dollars for the enterprise world in 10 years. And we were obviously, uh, it, it is still a beginning, just like electrical vehicles. It still could be growing very, very big. We think it is in the about $5, $10 billion market. And right now, we, we actually have a very good market share on enterprise world for people who actually, actually sell to, to the customers. And we have it in very good shape. Okay. So in, in terms of the competitive landscape on, on both sides, the, the defense and, and the enterprise, um, where do you fit in and, and what uh, is your strength or, or your edge against the competition? See, uh, for, for the defense, well, our competition is, is, uh, is very small uh, because in defense, they need a micro display which are very rugged, very stable, and also have very high resolution and very bright. That's why we use that in F-35, for instance. And the F-35, of course, is the most advanced AI helmet in the world right now. And we had so source to it. Uh, I mean, the government obviously would like to have more than one source, but only one source can pass. Gun size the same way, thermal gun size. In many of the gun sites were so sourced. So in that particular case, our competitive advantage is our display, ruggedness, our production rate, as well as our optics that go with it. So with that part, I would say we pretty much own 80% of the market. So in the, in the enterprise world, okay, that's a big debate now. What's the, how is it going to be used in the enterprise world? We believe in the enterprise is an AI, AI glass, but the displays actually on the side, not the see-through. 
is a video sees. And again, our biggest customer in the enterprise world is well known, so we can tell you that it's real well, and they're doing very well. I'm uh, sorry, so who, who is that? Realware. Okay. And, and they're, they're the private company, but they're very well. I think it's very well, well known now. So, and we're so soft to them. Yeah. Okay. And and then how about your your IP? Is that protected? Yeah, we have over two hundred patents, uh, and uh, in the in an area of wearable, and uh, our IPs are very good. We always have very good IP will because we. Part of the reasons, not only because we're good, because we also started in the wearable very early. Uh, we started wearable in the early 90s with DAPA, which they fund us to do wearable for the soldiers. And therefore, we have a very strong, very fundamental patents. And we license some of them. I mean, like real wear does certainly license that patent and get royalty. We got royalty from them, I get some equity from them. And we've done that same for other companies. Lenovo, New Vision is one of them. Solos is another one of them. We actually license to some of the technology that we don't use, especially systems. Our, our business model is not to mix systems. Our business is more like a Qualcomm like a business model or Nvidia model. We will provide the components, the objects, the displays to everybody in the world. So basically, so even though you've been at this so long, you know, starting with with DARPA, uh, you still have time remaining on your your patents. Oh yeah, that's a very good question. Some of the very very early patents certainly expired, uh, but as you know, uh, in the early days when people do patent, uh, they, they 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 have a way to make the patent last for a very long time. <laughs> Uh, in fact, now the the patent laws try to tighten up, not allow you to do that. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, though you've had some nice revenue growth, I, I see that you just reported. Um, is it fair to say that the bulk of this has come from low-rate initial production? That's a very good question. You're right. Right now, only two uh, of our programs is into we consider uh, more stable production rate. If 35 is one, and we have produced that over two years now, and it's very, very robust, and we believe it will go at least 10 years, or maybe more than that. As you know, those tired military fighter jets probably last three years or more. So this is very good, we're so sourced to that. And the second one is FWSI. The FWSI just got into production, I consider stable production, maybe 12 months ago, and only the last Three or, six, uh, three or five months ago, we said we're going to slow down, improve our production process, increase, so that we can increase the rate because customers do want to increase production rate. And that part we, we recover, we actually have a very good process. So I think fourth quarter we will have the highest production rate for FWSI, uh, which the customers want. So these are two production programs, and the two low Rate production already started, and we believe we have a, a, a third one uh, uh, early, uh, in a few months that will be about five production programs. And this okay. low rate production program, we expect it to go to production, real production, mature, okay. steady production next year. And, and when you so say by the stable, end of year, we have 
0445 stable production program. Right now on F2. Okay. And then when you say stable, you don't mean flat growth. You mean producing all out and with growth. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I think the military uh, programs, I think even in, in any programs, people actually started with uh, a production, but at low rate to make sure everything is, is, is uh, the production process is stable. Just here, see this FWSI as one example. It goes in there and then say, oh, wow, we can actually improve the process, we can increase the, uh, the yield, we increase this. So they go to more stable process that can produce regularly a good yield. And I think the, yeah, that, that's uh, what we consider stable, not because it's the, the rate is constant. The rate actually shoot up once you have a stable one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then in terms of going from uh, LRIP to, to more stable or, or larger growth, um, yeah. what does it take for that? You know, to, is it a certain amount of time or an okay from the customer or getting your arms around production? What, what does it take? See, the, the thing to look at it is some of this program, look at the uh, congressional uh, uh, funding. Many of the programs, those, those programs we're talking about, it's pretty peak funding. What happens is we don't make the end user system. Remember, we provide a component, a sub-assembly, and our customers put into a full system and then use the systems and they really put it in the field to make sure everything is stable and it's good. So we are always the early version of it. So when we go into early production, our customers begin to assemble into final product and get put it into the field. So that has a process usually about 12 months, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer, depends on how urgent uh, the customer needs the product. So that's why when we say we have early production, is it is a production program for us, but the customer cannot absorb it at all because they have to put it into full systems and test it. But once right. the test is done, they'll cost uh, their customer, which is usually the Pentagon, will order a lot of them. Okay. And then are you manufacturing these subsystems yourself, or, or is that outsourced? Uh, we, uh, depends on which products are, we generally manufacture ourselves, yeah. Okay. And then you're part of the supply chain, but are you having any supply chain issues? Well, <laughs> I, I guess everybody do have supply chain challenges. Uh, so far, we have been overcoming them, but it's a very dynamic situation. It changes every day, every morning, actually. So we're, we're watching it very closely. Yeah. So far, we have nothing uh, real problems yet. Okay. So you gave a good example of the F-35 helmet and, uh, you know, the market and the, the product who you're serving there. Can you give us some ideas of who your other customers are and uh, some end-use uh, examples? Yeah. I, I think, uh, of course, we already mentioned about realware or uh, use them for the, for the uh, enterprise uh, uh, AI helmet. And... Uh, uh, F-35, which we already announced a few years ago, and that's the AI helmet for F, uh, it's the most advanced one in the world anyway. And then we also, I, I believe, we also announced uh, 
uh, we have a bunch of uh, uh, color helmets, a uh, display of uh, uh, helmets for helicopters. Uh, I think they're Apache helicopters. Uh, I guess we're so sourced to them. Um, so, um, so yeah, we have that. We may have already advanced maybe we uh, armor heat vehicles. I think uh, in in tanks uh, we we have uh, uh, very ac active development programs for that. It's not in full. It's not in, even in early production yet. Uh, but we're so sourced to development to replace uh, CRTs in all the armor vehicles. It's actually in, in many armor vehicles. It's a very shocking. In tanks, uh, many of the displays on the HMDs, uh, helmets, they're still using CRTs. Uh, and obviously, they would need to replace them with solid state uh, flat panels or uh, displays that uh, of our type. And uh, yeah, our customer there, I think, was General Dynamics. I think we announced it. Uh, we're so sourced to that. And there's a new new program which we're really excited about is uh, uh, with the L3. Um, so there is a daylight gun site. Um, I think uh, we expect it to be uh, the government is, uh, is sort of supposed to select at the window. There are two people beating on it. Uh, L3 is one, and we believe they will win, and we're so soft for L3. So that program will be bigger than FWSI. Uh, maybe two times bigger. We're very excited about it. And I think you, the water will probably be turbocharged into production. Okay. And, and then how about um, other enterprise and um, possibly consumer? Yeah, consumer side, I'm, I'm glad that Jeff reminded me. Uh, as you all know, uh, Google Glass was very exciting at those days. Uh, Google Glass has two versions, Google Glass 1 and it followed by <coughs> Google Glass 2. And we were providing uh, our displays and electronics to them. We're so sourced to them, both Google Glass 1 and 2. And unfortunately, uh, Google Glass 1 and 2 were not so successful in the consumer world. They're, they're into enterprise world now. So we, we provide the micro displays. Uh, to both of the systems and so forth. Okay. And so how do we make money? What does the, the revenue model look like? I, I imagine you have two or three revenue models. Yeah, we actually have three revenue models. As you well know, this is the whole wearable is still an early, early part. Uh, I just want to remind everybody when we first developed the transistor uh, 20 years ago, I mean, we'll wait and wait until a cell phone becomes smart. And once it's smart, it takes off and uh, will become very, very, very successful. So it, wearable right now, I think, still in this early stage, because in the enterprise, in the, in the defense world, which we want very well, and the enterprise world is, is also doing pretty well. But so because of that, we're going to use defense area. Defense is our sugar daddy, basically. It's our bread and butter, and it's growing well, and we're very a very good gross margin, 50, 40, 50 percent, depends on the volume. And then the other model is, and we provide components, right? Display, optics, and packaging, so sub-assembly. Uh, that's very important. Uh, the second model is licensing model, 
and we actually take some of our ideas how to build helmets and display uh, helmets to companies like Realware. Uh, and Visa actually was came off for us, uh, Solo, Lenovo. So we actually licensed some of the idea how to build the end user system, and we get equities and royalties and sell them components. So that one, uh, we sort of kind of a put, uh, get money from many different ways. And I think that one, uh, I recently we actually announced one, we're doing that for surgeons. Surgeons were using uh, um, the helmets to increase their, uh, uh, their efficiency and effectiveness in surgery. And we will continue to do that medical uh, area. We think medical areas could be a very, very useful area. Yeah. So we have multiple ways, sell components, make uh, optics, sell uh, license, get license, and royalties, equity. I think the equity part, people will find that it could be very useful. Yeah. Okay. So when we see some successes from other companies, you know, Vuzix, Realware, et cetera, um, even though you don't hear the Copen name, you might be a subcomponent or a licensor. Etc. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I would say we are behind the scene. It's just like, for instance, how many people know Qualcomm and uh, uh, the media chips because uh -huh. you, you use PlayStation. But but they are they are behind the scene and they are very important components. Yes. Got it. And then, how about gross margins? Where are they, and and where can they go as you go from uh, uh, low volume to to more volume? See, right now in the defense area, uh, our model in, uh, on the defense uh, gross margins, and this is something that we have done enough time we, between the F-35 and uh, F-WSI in real good production right now, is around 50%, uh, and for lower volumes, around 40%. This is our business model. Uh, it's around 40 to 50% for, uh, for defense. But the enterprise and the consumer model, uh, it is tend to be a little bit lower. Uh, we're aiming for 40%. Sometimes we go a little bit lower than that. It'd be the bottom smaller stuff. Okay. And then what's the biggest challenge or, or what's needed for acceleration in the enterprise and especially the consumer market? Is it lower cost? Is it more brightness? Is it size? What, what is it? Well, it depends on different applications. Uh, I, I'll focus on, because, because everybody now is talking about Metaverse. Uh, Metaverse will, um, I, personally, uh, for the last 10 years, I think that is the world that consumer would really enjoy. Uh, and I think you heard so much about a Metaverse now. It's actually, Metaverse is put you into another universe, the digital universe. And which I believe uh, consumers will really embar uh, embrace. Uh, in fact, we are using that when we watch a big TV or IMAX theater, or even reading a book, we're really putting it into another world. So, so I, I think uh, in the metaverse world, there are a couple of things that are very critical. The, the hardware is first must must be done, and then of course you still have software. And, uh, and application, I think there are enough companies that are working on software applications, and we're not good at that. But we are very good in the hardware. 
just like in the military right now, everybody using ours. So we, we're, we're going to develop a display, a micro display and optics. When you put it on, you think you have a portable personal IMAX theater with you. And we've even, I'm, I call them IMAX theater on steroids. It's actually better than IMAX theater. So, so Facebook, you need a special display and special optics, yes. Okay, so, so Facebook is obviously brought up the, the metaverse in a big way. Are they a competitive threat or are they an opportunity for you? I, I, I don't think they're a competitive threat. Uh, certainly they would depart will make uh, system maybe. They would go to the system for the Oculus 2 uh, is a system. It's actually a very interesting system. I think they, they, they have done a good job. Uh, ultimately, people want something that is better, lighter, uh, higher resolutions, faster for games. Uh, so we, I think, they, uh, I think we'll provide the necessary component for that. Uh, I, I'm looking at them more like a customer and partner. Yeah. Okay. And so what are some of the, the growth drivers for Copen? Is it new products? I see you, you came out with the plastic pancake optics. Um, can you touch on that and some of the other growth drivers? Yeah, one area of the growth driver in the consumer world for the metaverse is really the display and optics. The optics actually was kind of not focused well. In fact, we're trying to call attention to it. Because you, even if you have a very good display, if you don't have good optics to manufacture it 40,000 times, then uh, to give you a very clear image, then you ruin the display's uh, advances. So we focus on the optics because we know the fans have been working with us on the optics, and we've been using pancake optics for many years. We actually manufactured them. Actually, FWSI uses very advanced pancake optics. Now, what is pancake optics? Pancake optics basically magnify the image in a very, very small form factor, very thin, so you can use it. So when you wear it on, on the head, it doesn't stick out like, like a sore thumb. A sore thumb. And yet, it's a very clear image. Remember, FWS has a gun sight. If your image is not precision and not clear, you can't do anything with it. So we have to do very well precision image for, for people. So I think this is our differentiator. And what happened with the pancake optics is mostly people still using glass. Now, glass, in the case most applications, still not a problem. Certainly, defense, still not a problem. But in case in the consumer world, you, you want to be pla plastic, or no, no, no glass, so it's lighter, easier to mm -hmm. make, and cheaper to make. And like, so I think that's where the world's only guy now, the hard to do or plastic pancake. Pancake optics is the one we believe is for the uh, for, for a metaverse glass. In fact, metaverse glass is our trademark. We always believe at the end, we should build a metaverse glass. And now, this another thing that we talked about yesterday or two days ago is our display can be used for, as a spatial light modulator for 3D metrology. So allow you actually that particular display system that can put it into 3D equipment, especially equipment, so they can inspect every uh, PCB board that people build. And I think this is a very growth, growth area for electric car. So we will talk about in a, in a special webinar 
early next year because I think this is going to be a dahos. Is this is a something that really a lot of people do not understand yet. That could be a vehicle uh, revenue driver. So and, and when could we expect to see some revenue from some of those things like 3D and? Uh... 3D is actually very interesting. We actually focus on the 3D uh, more than five years ago. Maybe it's over seven years now. The last two years we begin to see it, the growth. So it's growing right now. The last two years it grow over 50 percent, and I think it will continue to grow very rapid rate for the next three to five years. It all depends also, depends how fast uh, people uh, are moving to, to electric vehicles, how important that those electronic boards that they're building uh, require 3D inspections. I believe they are, in fact, that's why the market the broker is showing that. On the metaverse glass, it depends on the technology. You really need a, a, a display. Uh, I, I actually always say that go to a Costco or go to a Best Buy uh, or go to IMAX theater, see what kind of TV or IMAX people are looking for. People will look for very large image, very, very sharp, very fast, and very, very uh, good color, very good dynamic range. And those display uh, is not there yet. Uh, we hope to show some of them in CES, but even that, I would say, is still not quite there. Look, the image looks gorgeous, but I still think people want ultimately a 4K by 4K display, uh, and each one, of, each one of them on each eye. On the plastic optics, is almost there, um, and I think, again, we will show that CES, a full, all plastic pancake optics. And you can look at it, and you can put it in your hand and say, wow. So optics is almost there. Display, um, I still think maybe another year or two years away. So Once you have here? that, there's production. Then you go to mass production, then you go to off. Yeah. Okay. Did, did I hear right you're going to be at CES? Yeah, we're very excited about a CES. Uh, last year, CES was uh, virtual. Uh, for consumer electronics, virtual just doesn't, doesn't cut it. Yeah. You've got to see it yourself. So uh, we're very excited about it uh, in person. Uh, we, we actually have a very big a suite with, uh, uh, already booked. Uh, we're going to uh, exhibit our stuff, uh, very exciting stuff, by invitation only, of course. Uh, so people come in and uh, if they're interested, uh, uh, send send, send a note, request to us, and uh, and, um, and hopefully we can invite you to come join us. So okay. we'll CES will be we always have an annual event, uh, CES, evening event, like dinner, a full free full free drink, and then we have a, a, a panel discussion or special five side chat, and also entertain questions for everybody, and then show stuff, and you can see it, touch it. And, you can feel it, those things are coming. So in addition to CES, as we watch Copen over the next 12 months, what are some of the other events or catalysts which can help the stock that we might look for? Well, I think some of them, of course, is because we're making components uh, as subsystems. We don't make the end-user system. 
So several things you need to watch it. What systems are coming on, on board uh, by, by customers uh, in the real way? Or, or by the way, uh, on, on the metaverse glass, uh, our biggest partner right now is Panasonic. And they've been working with us more than three years now. And every year, in the CES, they show better, better, uh, 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 better systems. So yeah, you look at them. You see, they're going to production now this year, or uh, the next year. If they go to production, voila, you know, that's gonna be fantastic. Uh, I mean, really, for this type of product, hardware product, uh, they feel uh, it's only a few people in the world I will get excited about it. So this is this one, and another thing is is really uh, uh, the breakthrough. I, I think that the the breakthrough with the all plastic optics uh, when we announced that we will be uh, commercially available, you can buy them. They'll be a big, uh, big thing. Another thing is uh, the display. I really think the display eventually had to go to 4K by 4K, but we'll be to probably introduce something very close to that. Uh, soon, very fast, with very high speed, very good dynamic range. Uh, very soon, and I think that would be a very interesting thing that that people know. In fact, uh, it is coming. The metaverse glass is coming. Very good. So, before we go, is there anything you want to leave us with, or or tell us why, in your words, Copen is an attractive investment? Yeah, I think it go back to our passion. Uh, I mean, this is our third passion. Before we this, uh, 20 years ago, our passion was to move all the, all the, all the cell phones uh, from analog phones to digital phones and then to computer phone. And then we invented, put out this transistor that allowed that. And today, even you, even 5G people. In the wearable, our dream is to provide the best display and the best optics. Uh, and uh, it is a very difficult job because you try to squeeze a four, 4K 80-inch TV into a poster stand, and then you try to get optics to magnify by 40, 50,000 times without distorting the image. Those are huge technical uh, challenges. It took us a long time. It took us a long time. But we, our business model is we go through military first. Let the military develop that with us, and we we want we want there, and that actually provide the steady income, steady growth for us. A lot of companies don't have it; they still have a passion, but they don't have that anchor like we do. Let the military, let the defense, let the enterprise work with us to improve the technology, get into early productions, and get the revenue, and so that we have a very solid path platform to grow. And I think we have, if you look around, we're probably one of the few companies in the entire world like that. Our passion is to try to change the world, but we have a very solid platform to stand on. Well, great. So, John, thanks so much for taking the time and sharing the Copen story. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, for inviting me. Yes.